so if you just want to say like a few words on what the class was is about in its larger context the course is entitled radical edition Mm -hmm. and it is divided into one section which is seminar based and deals with theoretical issues conceptual some of them discursive others the other section is practical and is based around studio practice, a creative in a variety of media, as you will see in the following, mm-hmm. uh, from music production to poetry to performance art to visual studies and so on and so forth. So I'm still working on trying to create um, like an audio-visual experience. Over spring break, I got the opportunity to go on a tour with my band up the East Coast, and while that happened, I got the opportunity to record some of the songs that I've just been playing um, to tape. I'm trying to create software that the user is what is being added to it, and the user can choose the audio and the visuals. But for the trial run, what I'm going to be using are my visuals and my audio. Just thinking and like creating new layers of the ways that a user interacts with things like visuals and sound. And so on the interface that I'm going to provide, there's going to be five knobs. And one knob is not going to be doing anything. It's going to be placebo. One knob is going to be something like volume, which is going to be really recognizable for the listener. But then the other knobs are going to be slightly less easy to decipher exactly what they're doing to the sound and the visual. Um, and in that way, also creating personalized album experiences where actually the listening experience is completely determined by the listener, um, or not completely, but largely um, determined by someone else. And as, an, as someone who is creating like the trial version of this um, with my stuff, I'm using this project as a practice of sort of letting go of perfection because it's a live recorded project and also the animation is like kind of shit. I want it to be very transparent in that it is like DIY, like I don't want it to feel like nobody could make this like incredible project. I want it to feel super accessible and I also want users to bring both their own animations or their own visuals to manipulate and their own sound, Um, ideally but also just interacting with the, with the program is like good too. So this is like basically what it sounds like. Um, for, I'm, I have a lot of insecurities around this project and like showing this project because I have a lot of pride around producing music and I didn't produce this. It's just a live recording. Um, that really fits with some of the themes in this class.
sound effects are live too, and my bass player is like really in the shadows or something. just from the found objects I found around the city. And I've done three separate types of walks since I've done my first presentation where I just said the, where I had some already pre-selected items and then I added them together at random. So now I did a walk and then I would find items in like a certain location, you know, kind of the way I did on the, the piece of paper. And then I picked them up, added them to my thing, and when I got back to my house, I made it into, into an object. So, um, really kind of what my, my goals were were to kind of see how the, the walk itself impacted my, create, my creative process into like what I created, how the walk, like it, the shape of the walk itself, how that like kind of influenced the, the kind of objects I found, and then also kind of like the way that I was walking, how did that influence the kind of things I picked up and the kind of like ways I thought about stuff. So I think, uh, so my, type, my types of walks that were like an explorative walk, an errand walk, and then a routine. And the things I was thinking about was rhythm and tempo, and you know, kind of how fast and how often I would like look around and pick stuff up. Um, my first walk was an exploration walk. I was passing around like the, the map. I'm not a fantastic artist, so the lines aren't very straight, but. Um, so my first walk, it was a slower tempo. I just, just kind of, do my own things, kind of walking around. Um, picked up ten objects, and for some, all of them are they're on the, they're on the sheet. But um, I ended up kind of making it like a little TV. I kind of, I think it was kind of influenced by like totally my the explorative process. It was because it was so creative. Because I know I had this piece of cardboard, and I got this wire hanger, and this pen and this fork, or this spoon, and I kind of found. I kind of was like, oh, it's like a TV. So I kind of, I think that kind of was unfair. I kind of messed up with watches just a little bit, but you know what I mean. It's a, it was part of the creative process. But then on the the second walk, the errand walk I did, it was a little bit more you know structured. Uh, it was I just did it around my neighborhood in Brooklyn, so most of the stuff I found was you know like Brooklyn things, coffee cups, jewel pods. So uh, that that object came more of like a how to like how do I describe it. It's almost like a parachute, like a parachute with like a mechanical facet that uh, I don't know, like maybe like some kind of aviator would use to the future or something like that. Um, let me get the, the other one shut up. Oh, this is the routine. This is the arrow. And then my final routine walk was just like a walk I usually do, just kind of in the middle of the week. But if I have a free day off on Wednesday, I don't have class, so I just you know usually walk over here just for fun. So I walk across the the bridge and just kind of straight to that. And that one was more like definitely rigid. I felt like I was definitely more rigid on the kind of things that I found, the kind of like places I went. It wasn't so much explorative. It was more about going to the places I've been and where I've gone before. So I so that object was more of like a. It's almost like a little like a, like a little figurine, like a little old man, like a walking stick. Uh, <laughs> seems kind of ironic, right? Like you kind of end up, kind of end up with like a, a totally rep representative thing of the of the, what I've actually been doing this whole time. And um, yeah, those are my my three objects and my three walks. If everyone can see it.
If you wanted, can you just describe the images that were oh, like, in the video? In the video yeah. yeah, so the video is basically just like a series of still images of um, an individual washing their dishes with this bottle of soap, but the bottle um, has the torso of a doll inside of it, and it's like you can recognize it as a soap bottle, but it's not definitely not like a soap bottle anymore because it's repurposed. Um, and then there's the, the soundtrack of the dishes being washed in the background with the interval of uh, harsh noise dishwashing.
it's not like he died very long ago. He died my first semester in New York. It was stifling, to say the least. She told me he couldn't see perfectly. Trash and waste. Trash isn't trash until it's trash. My house, my uncle's house, his house, were always filled with trash. But cool, reinvented. It's like the trash went to Berlin for a semester and came back to New York. My grandpa was Berlin for trash to turn into stuff. He was a cabinet maker, custom cabinets mostly. Not so much a woodworker in the sense that he'd spend months crafting a designer's table or bowl, but more a guy that sees something that could be better and stick wood in it, lawn it around it, so that it perform at a better rate of efficiency or something. I used to tinker. That was stifling in New York. I used to use space. I used to have projects. I used to break stuff and put it together again. I used to have more patience. But I don't do that anymore. Or at least with the same ability. I try to do it. And I don't think it's gone. But it's all been stifled. Transportation, space, money. The bigger the better for me. On behalf of our group, I, Andrew Filova, am honored to present an official report on the scientific experiment which was conducted in April 1997 as a part of a climate determination research. The goal of our experiment was to test an ancient object recently found in Spain that was presumably used in the 17th century to determine weather, and to observe its functions, characteristics, and ways in which it might be deployed as a climate determination tool. An object itself, which experimental name is Zeus 2.0, appeared to be a white round mass resembling a cloud externally and a balloon structurally. The material is very similar to polyethylene, but after close observations it was detected that it also contains several unexplored elements in its texture, which origin is identified at the moment. Our experiment contained several phases, each one was constructed around different weather conditions, which include rain, snow, sun, cloud, fog, wind and storm. An object was tested in both natural and laboratory environment that allowed us to observe its reactions on the whole. General observations and conclusions An object showed different reactions to condition changes, which we set up in the laboratory as well as it was visible that it transformed in shape, color and size according to the natural environment it was placed in. Transformations in color appeared with sunny, cloudy and foggy weather when an object reacted to these conditions by slowly changing its tone within 2-5 minutes. For more detailed evidence on these phases, we want to present a recording of our observations during the process of an experiment during sunny weather, as it better illustrates found characteristics. Experiment 1, Phase 1. Date, April 7, 1997. Time, 9.21 a.m. Object name, Zeus 1.0. Goal, to observe and identify the reactions of an object to sun in order to measure the possibility of its usage to determine weather. Assistant 1, please place the object in the observational case. Assistant 2, please turn on fictionally invented sun. 
Experiment has officially started. Okay, it's been one minute and Zeus 1.0 remains in the same condition. Oh no, I see it begins to change its color. From being purely white initially, it starts to adopt a yellowish tone. It's been two minutes and the new color becomes more and more visible. Assistant 1, please write down our observations. I guess we found out the way Zeus 2.0 can react to the sunny weather. We are ready to continue our report now. During experiments with rain and snow, we observed an appearance of tiny water drops and snowflakes which were almost invisible for the human eye on the surface of an object. Although already listed phases of an experiment went well and helped us to observe different reactions of an object to the weather conditions, we faced some difficulty with experimenting with wind and storm. Here we want to present the sixth phase of our experiment with wind, which will illustrate some unexpected effects of this weather condition. Experiment 1, phase 6. Date, April 23, 1997. Time, 2.52 pm. Object name Zeus 1.0. Goal, to observe and identify the reactions of an object to wind in order to measure the possibility of its usage to determine the weather. Assistant 1, place an object to an experimental case. Assistant 2, turn on the wind. Only after 15 seconds it appears that the object becomes smaller in size under the pressure of the wind. It also seems like its surface starts moving inside out. Testing this like found ancient thing, which was um, 
supposed to determine whether in the past. So I composed this whole lab report only based on what I imagined. So nothing of this happened and none of the experiments was conducted. Um, so there is even like no notion of object uh, in real life, but it exists only in the narrative I'm making here, as well as all the like group members and um, setups. This was all like just what I imagined for myself, and then I composed the whole um, story behind it. And especially as it was like more scientific, uh, this was directed by like every work was climate. How did you guys feel about the tiny little snippets of uh, ambient noise and the slight dramatic narrative of, oh no, it's, let's go back. Was that effective or was that, that was that, yeah? yeah? Okay, cool. Because it, it sort of humanized it in a, in a way, you know, it's situated, but not too much, you know, because it still left a lot to um, imagination. What does that mean if it grows too quickly? We tried to structure the course into three parts. The first one is called making, the second one is telling, and the third one is showing. What you were exposed to uh, was the telling part, and I'm very grateful to have to adapt that telling part to an audio form, because before that the telling could have easily resulted in presentations that are visual or performative, but not so much attuned to the idea of sound. Mm -hmm. So I'm very grateful to have had that opportunity. From the class today, it uh, seemed like people were sort of exploring these specific objects in very individualized ways, but um, by that I mean that they were free to sort of like explore how they wanted to approach these objects. Um, so apart from the number of objects being limited to five, were there any other constraints that they like sort of had to follow or was it pretty um, free-flowing process? In terms of their own ideas and in terms of their own technique and materials, mm -hmm. it was entirely free. Okay. Where I think we were looking at a creative direction was in the combination of um, subject and object. How is something that you make, whether it's material or immaterial, how is that related to the person creating it and the person who's making it, uh, who's using it and um, consuming it or maybe distributing it? Mm. Now that's an obvious thing, but in this case I think it was important to consider that if you see an end user or a distributor or a consumer, a listener, as an addition to your piece, mm. then it's much better than just considering her or him as a passive recipient. Mm. So if you really think about addition as a constructive thing, saying I'm making something, but I need an addition, I need somebody to do something with me, mm. then that gives a different character to the creative work. Mm. And I think that was one of the few things that we ask everybody to keep in mind. The rest mm. was really open. Okay. Um, is there anything else you wanna say about the course or just this class? This specific day? Um, I think, I wonder whether the listeners will get the sense of how um, experimenta experimental this gets mm -hmm. and how surprising this gets. Mm -hmm. I think the greatest joy is to consider this additional, um, this, this technique of addition mm -hmm. as a constant surprise. And mm -hmm. I think that's the, right. that was the fun bit of it.